welcome to People, Places, Planet Pod, the official podcast of the Environmental Law Institute, a nonprofit, nonpartisan organization working to ensure a healthy environment, prosperous economies, and vibrant communities founded on the rule of law. Welcome to this week's episode of the People, Places, Planet Podcast. My name is Georgia Ray, and I am your host. Now, some of you may know this, but my responsibilities at the Environmental Law Institute extend past managing the podcast. One of my jobs for the past couple months has been to oversee a great group of six interns who are all excited about this work, have interesting research ideas, and are very smart. Today, we are going to hear from each of them about who they are, what brought them to ELI, and the kinds of issues they are researching. One of them will tell you a little more about her work fighting for material health in the Black community. Another will dive into uranium contamination in America's Southwest. A third will talk about his work with prison populations and the heat-related illnesses that can occur inside the system. Each of them has contributed meaningfully to ELI this summer. In fact, it probably makes the most sense for them to introduce themselves. Rebecca, can you get us started? Sure. Uh, My name is Rebecca. I'm a rising senior at Yale, and I'm interested in food equity and environmental justice, particularly in urban communities. Hey everyone, my name is Jeremy and I'm a rising senior at Stanford interested in in environmentally sustainable and equitable urban planning. Hello, my name is Jesse and I'm a rising senior at Dartmouth and one of my primary research interests is tribal sovereignty over groundwater and just water law in general. Hi everyone, my name is Fatima. I'm a rising senior at Tufts University and most of my interests research-wise center around environmental justice, especially for people of color in the United States. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Priyanka. I am a rising junior at Brown University, and I'm very interested in environmental justice, especially as it pertains to the developing worlds around adaptation and mitigation. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Raf Rodriguez. I am a rising senior at Washington St. Louis, and I'm passionate about the intersection between systems of mass incarceration and the growing environmental crisis. Thank you everyone for introducing yourselves. And Raf, if we can stay with you for a second, can you expand on how you came to have an interest in the intersection between mass incarceration and environmental justice? And how has your time at ELI further shaped that interest? Yeah, so back in my fall semester of junior year, I took a class on intro to environmental law. And within that, I was given the liberty to research a topic that I was passionate about. And my teacher, my professor recommended that I look into less talked about topics within environmental law. And I think having read this article focusing on prison ecology, which is the intersection between mass incarceration and environmental hazards, I was driven to conduct a report and presentation on it. But then I wanted to expand the types of facilities that I was researching. So when I came to ELI and had the opportunity to pursue an IRP, independent research project, that is definitely something I wanted to continue doing. And I've been supported by people at ELI, such as Toby Bernstein, that have offered help and support with understanding indoor air quality. And I'm looking forward to researching this interest past my time at ELI and potentially into grad school. That's awesome. And I know that a lot of people come to ELI with a pretty strong idea of the type of environmental work they want to do. But I also know there are others that have a little more ambiguity about their specific interests. Rebecca, you come from a more politics background. How did you find yourself at ELI? 
Yeah, I knew going into the summer of 2022, I wanted to work at a think tank. Um, I'm an American studies major concentrating in politics and community. So I spend a lot of time at school studying theory of politics and policy. Um, and in class, sometimes it can feel just very lofty and intangible. At the same time, I was leading smaller sustainability projects with my college, like planting and composting initiatives, which did feel fulfilling, but were on a smaller scale. So when I found out about ELI, I knew it was the perfect fit for me. It was an environmental nonprofit think tank in between these two areas where I could make some attempt at more institutional political change. That's really great to hear. And now that you all are at ELI, what does your day-to-day -day look like? So we all, when we arrived at ELI, were assigned to about two to four different projects um, in addition to our independent research projects, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. Um, but so what our day-to-day -day here looks like is that we structured very much according to our own schedule, the kind of work that feels most important, and depending on the projects that we are spending the most time on. So there's a lot of liberty there to structure your time around what you need to or want to be doing during that day. Um, other than meeting with our supervisors and having regular check-in with our teams that we're working with, our day-to-day -day looks pretty flexible in terms of the work we're doing. Um, but the good thing about this internship this summer is also that it's hybrid, which means that three days of the week we do get to work in person, which means getting to see each other at the office, having co-working spaces where we're all there to share ideas, bond with each other alongside working. Yeah, and my day to day, um, especially on the days where I do go into the office, I typically will do that at around 9am, start off by saying my hellos to people, and then I'll settle in at my desk. And by the way, the desk chairs are so comfortable, like truly top 10 things about working at ELI. Anyway, at my really comfy desk chair, I'll usually do research for whatever topics or projects I'm working on until lunchtime, I'll take that break, I'll come back from lunch and continue that work. Usually I'll attend some meetings in the conference room. And like Priyanka said, sometimes I'll co-work with the other interns, which is always really fun because you just get to learn a lot about what other people are doing with their time. But yeah, the day today varies quite a bit depending on what I'm doing, how flexible my deadlines for that week are and all that good stuff. Yeah, I completely agree with what both Priyanka and Fatima said. It's been really open-ended and flexible and even though it's still on that typical nine to five schedule, there's a lot of variability around uh, what you can spend your time doing each day. Um, and another really wonderful component of the summer has been what we've been calling are these brown bag lunches, which are basically chances for us to meet with and talk to more senior members of ELI once a week and really just pick their brains for a little bit. And it's been fantastic to hear about their experiences as I, as I'm sure along with the rest of us, began to sort of reach the end of our time as undergrads and begin to think about what's next. Jeremy, I, I'm really glad that you mentioned the brown bag lunches. We do host those with senior members of ELI staff. It's an opportunity for our interns to, you know, get a little life advice and life advice within this environmental policy space. What is something you learned during one of those that's really stuck with you? Yeah, I think uh, building off of my answer uh, to the previous question a little bit, I think what's probably stuck with me the most is just hearing everyone's thought processes behind sort of how they made their decisions throughout their careers and what led them to ELI. Um, everyone who works here has had such different backgrounds and experiences and learning more about what's gone into that decision-making has been really interesting and impactful. So for example, earlier this summer, we met with the president of ELI, Jordan Diamond, 
And honestly, first off, I don't know where else uh, the summer interns and law clerks get a chance to meet with and actually talk to the president of the place they're interning at. But anyway, she talked a lot about how she got to where she is now and discussed a lot of her previous roles and also what kind of work she actually misses or is doing more of or less of in her current role. And so hearing how she and others made those sorts of decisions um, about things like continuing to work on the ground more so with impact communities directly versus a more dis distant but still important role, uh, a little more removed from the action, you know, at a desk, at a place like ELI, those are some of my bigger takeaways. You guys have been very thrown in the action of it all. You've not been removed. So now that we've talked about the structure of the internship a little bit and how you guys got here, I want to transition to talking about the projects you've been working on. What have you been doing this summer? Yeah, so this summer, as already mentioned, we were staffed to a variety of different topics. These topics are from wide depth and breadth of environmental issues. Um, specifically, I've been working on the Inter-American Project. And within this project, I've been introduced to a variety of constitutional amendments within Latin America that are granting legal personhood onto natural ent entities and processes. And with this and the other projects, such as the main aquaculture project and the Algene project that works with local governments, I'm able to get a deeper understanding of environmental law, but I'm also able to work with a variety of professionals working on different things and tackling different issues and all combined with different perspectives. And so I think my time at ELI has definitely been really holistic. Yeah, and just adding on to what Raf said, um, my projects are also really different. So one is focused on recirculating land-based aquaculture, and the other one that I'm on deals with two tribal state consultation laws in California. And the lead for both of these projects actually happens to be Cynthia Harris. Yeah, and Jesse, if we can stick with you for a second, can you tell me a little more about what exactly you do as part of that tribal state consultation project? Absolutely, Georgia. One really great thing about interning at ELI is that I'm working with other interns on both of my projects. For the Tribal State Consultation Project, one deliverable that I've been working on with Fatima is on a write-up on the nexus between humans, the environment, and natural and cultural resources as they relate to tribal health and wellness. Meanwhile, Priyanka and I have had the opportunity to take notes during interviews with state experts, tribal representatives, and others who are knowledgeable about the two consultation laws that this project has been focusing on. Thank you. And you mentioned your other project is the main aquaculture project. So this is a question that can be actually for both Jesse and, and Priyanka, because you both work on that project. But can you talk a little more about your work there? Yes, definitely. Um, this is a very fascinating project because although aquaculture is currently a very vitally growing means to meet the world's protein needs, I didn't, and I think I speak for the other interns working on the project as well, we didn't really know a lot about how aquaculture works and, you know, what are the issues in that particular field when we came into the project. But this project has really been an opportunity for us to take a deep dive, not only into learning about sustainable, particularly land-based recirculating aquaculture systems, as, as Jesse mentioned before, but also produce deliverables that reflect the deep knowledge and various types of sources that we have looked into to understand um, sustainable me means of doing this form of aquaculture better. So the biggest piece of the work I've done on this project is that I've worked with RAF as we've come up with a brief overview of land-based aquaculture where we've covered a lot of ground around the kinds of aquaculture that exist, a lot of places in which the, this form of aquaculture is being done and a lot of prominent features 
with which this form of aquaculture is made to be sustainable so that um, the project that we're working under is able to um, take a deeper dive into the sustainable practices into um, land-based aquaculture as well. And just adding on to that for another deliverable, um, Becca and I actually wrote about various third party certifications and compared what each requires in terms of sustainability. And then we joined Priyanka and Raf at looking at some of the facilities that do land based aquaculture to determine which ones are best in terms of sustainability. Thank you both. So Fatima, switching over to you for a second, how do you contribute to the tribal consultation project that Jesse was talking about a little earlier. And, you know, if you want to talk about any other projects you're working on as well. So because I'm really passionate about the intersections between healthcare and the environment, that's been most of my work on the tribal health project. So right now I'm doing a lot of research and writing there about the connections between tribal culture, health and environment. So very, very intersectional lens there. I'm also looking through climate case databases right now to understand what types of environmental cases are being litigated in state courts and also some federal courts. And I think lastly, I'm working on the Elgin project, um, which is basically a project that aims to talk about how exactly local governments can comply to federal regulations. And for that specifically, I'm actually working on a piece that talks about climate inequity and heat stroke in outdoor workers. And it's kind of aiming to give recommendations to local governments about ways to kind of mitigate those risks. And that's actually a great transition talking about environmental health because that's a core theme of your independent research project as well. I know we've mentioned it a couple of times, but for our listeners that may not know, each intern conducts an independent research project during their time at ELI on a topic of their choosing, which culminates in a 10-minute presentation to ELI staff. Fatima, can you tell us a little more about your topic and how you chose it? Oh my gosh, yes. Um, I'm really, really excited to talk about this. Um, so my project is called Breathing, Birthing, and Blackness. And like that's kind of like the shorthand name because I'm just a big, big fan of alliteration. Um, but if we add on to that, it's basically an examination of the intersections between environmental racism and industrial air pollution on Black birthing outcomes. So the reason that I chose that project was kind of just because, again, if you haven't already like, you know, been able to tell because I've talked about it so much, um, I'm just really, really passionate about the ways specifically that environmental racism can affect people of color and specifically black people in the United States. And so in many ways, I've been doing research in this field for a really long time, especially in college. So I think when I knew that I had the opportunity to explore something that I was interested in, I really wanted to dive deep into this topic and kind of understand the ways that environment can really affect Black lives and specifically Black birthing lives, not just in the short term, but in the long term. Thank you for that explanation. It's definitely a really interesting project. Rebecca, what about you? How did you pick your topic? Yeah, so for my independent research project, I'm looking into community mechanisms to reduce green gentrification. And in particular, I'm looking at the multi-billion dollar sustainable development project along the Anacostia River in DC. A few semesters ago, I took a class about urban development in America, and we looked at suburban sprawl, transportation infrastructure, and redlining in connection with gentrification. But I wanted to take this opportunity to look more closely at how sustainable development 
which is something that's usually touted as positive, influences low-income and minority communities on the ground. Rebecca, thank you as well for sharing. That does sound like a super great topic as well. And Jesse and Raf, all of these are very interesting projects and I wanna to turn to you guys next. Once you have your topic picked, I know there are different approaches to researching. It's really all up to you guys. How have you gone about it? So for my independent research project, I'm looking at how uranium mining impacts groundwater on indigenous land and what kinds of tribal sovereignty laws and regulations exist to protect groundwater rights. So a huge part of my research process was just spent learning what questions I should be asking. I initially began by speaking with a handful of senior level members of the ELI community, and then one of them pointed me in the direction of attending a mining reform public hearing session. And from that, I contacted some people that engage with uranium permitting in the southwestern U.S. because it differs so greatly from state to state. And now, finally, I'm supplementing this with more primary research with doing some online literature review. Yeah, as for me, um, so the title of my presentation is Behind Bars, the Carceral Environmental Crisis in the United States. And so with this, I'm understanding how incar incarcerated folks, disproportionately black and brown people are the most vulnerable of the most vulnerable populations, essentially a forgotten subgroup that is often left without the tools to advocate for themselves. And so at first I shifted towards understanding and researching legal cases across the country that have tackled this issue yet soon found out that these cases lacked a lot of the narratives and firsthand accounts of those personally impacted. And so since then, I'm solely looking into the storytelling component and hearing from firsthand accounts in which people themselves were impacted slash experienced environmental health issues as a result of their time spent at these facilities. That's really cool to hear how you guys have approached this in you know such different ways, but you're both going to have really valuable products come out of it. So thank you for sharing. And Jeremy and Priyanka, I wanna to go to you guys too, since you haven't had a chance to talk about your independent projects. Can you tell us what your projects are and maybe one challenge you've had to overcome during the research process? So my project is focused on how the local government and nonprofit sector can work together to best combat food apartheid in DC. And I, and I think probably the biggest challenge I had to overcome was honestly getting to that exact topic. I originally was thinking more broadly about food insecurity and inequality in DC, but as I talked to more people, my project kept getting tweaked or changed slightly to build in this new person's information. And that led to more tweaks and more changes. And that came, and then follow that was more research and more questions to sort of better reflect the existing landscape in DC. So I think that initial maneuvering around and working to find the niche that my research question could answer and my presentation would answer was one of the biggest hurdles I faced throughout the research process. And it also highlighted to me the importance of both doing the research, but also getting out and talking to people in the space. I am doing a research project that is focused on an international climate policy, which is called the Red Plus Program, which aims to give countries carbon credits for protecting and preserving their forests. So these credits can come from companies that can come from governments, etc. And I first heard about this particular project when I was doing a research about um, this concept called environmentalism of the poor, especially in my home country, Nepal, where despite a project threatening to destroy millions of trees, the only thing that was being talked about was the money that will be lost, that will be coming in from foreign governments for these forests, but nothing about the rights of indigenous people that would be displaced by the forest project. So I'm really looking 
looking into, and my topic is titled Forests, False Solutions, and Justice Through Customary Rights, Reimagining International Environmental Governance. So as Jeremy said, I also had a huge challenge in steering my topic with more of the research and more of the interviews that I was conducting, where I was first trying to look at how this project can encompass Indigenous people and encompass customary rights that are given to indigenous people for their land, even in very contested national spaces. But my project transitioned later into becoming one that moreover explores the kind of problematics that are given rise to when international spheres of environmental governance are tried to be imposed upon local communities without proper consultation processes, and how this way of evaluating forests for their carbon credits um, devaluates and violates the sort of connections that indigenous people have had with their forests. So it's really looking into the case study of Nepal and some of the ways in which forest um, projects have been conducted there, which is actually something that I have always been very passionate about. International environmental governance in South Asia is a space that I'm hoping to do a lot of work on in my future and really having the opportunity to be connected to ELI's resources and understand the legal sphere under which international governance takes place has been very, very incredible for me to also understand the kinds of works and avenues to be working in this sphere exists for me. Thank you both. And that is actually exactly what I wanted to talk about next. What will you all take away from the summer that will help you back at school and beyond? I think for me, I am definitely going to explore topics that I never thought I would look into before. Um, Jesse and Priyanka talked about the main aquaculture project, which I'm also working on with Jesse. That's something that I never knew much about, but something I found really fascinating. I've also had the opportunity to look very much in depth at the Clean Water Act. So one of the most remarkable things I'm bringing back with me is that I'm going to take an environmental science class, something I never thought I would say just a few months ago. This internship has really piqued my interest in not just the policy side of things, but also the science side of things as well. Something that I've always written off as just not for me. Uh, and over the course of this internship, I've realized that I have more varied interests than even I knew. And I think... For me, the thing that's just like really important here is that after my first day at ELI, I actually called my mom and like I was on the phone and I said, this is going to be a really good summer. And the reason that I made that call in the first place was because I was just immediately amazed by how much people seem to care here. They cared about my interests, my ambition and my stories especially I think as a Black woman interested in a field that often feels like it's directly related to my survival. I think the greatest thing that ELI has given me is just that ability to know that I have such a vast network of people to pull on, people that care about the same things that I care about, people that even when they don't care about the same things that I care about are like, send me that email, like give me that call. And I know that they mean it. And I think going back to school, that's the biggest thing that I'm going to take away from this is just knowing that there's just such a huge network of people here that are kind of egging me on and cheering me on and, and believing in my ambition and believing in the things that I hopefully want to see in this world. I think that's just something that I appreciate so much. And, and that's why I know that like the same way that I called my mom on the first thing, I was like, this is going to be a really good summer. On the last day, I'm going to make that, that same call and, and be like, I was right. Because that's, that's the biggest thing that ELI has given me for sure.
I completely agree with what Becca and Fatima said and sort of expanding on that. For me personally, environmental law has been a field I've always hoped to potentially one day go into. Um, so as I think more about law school and beyond, I'll definitely take away a better understanding and knowledge for what it means to be in this space. It's been great to have all this breadth of our projects and also to hear from all these different people and experiences. So I really appreciate everyone's accessibility at ELI and sort of making the time for us to be able to ask questions and better understand this space. And also like Fatima was sort of bringing up, I think our intern, intern cohort all became really close over the course of the summer and I'll take away uh, everything from it. It's been exciting to be in a space where other people care about the same things that I do and are passionate about similar things that I'm, I'm passionate about. And everyone from the staff attorneys and down have said ELI is made by the people and they stick around for the people. And I definitely see that. So I came into the summer thinking this internship would be a great insight into these fields and really see what it's like to work in it. And it's definitely lived up to that. Thank you all for those kind words. I know ELI feels the same about you. It's been really wonderful having you all here this summer, and it's been awesome to hear from you today on the podcast as well. To close us out, can you each give me one word that encompasses your experience at ELI? I can get us started. Um, this is kind of an inside joke among the interns, but I would say vibrant. Fulfilling. I would say riveting reassuring that this is the field I want to go into. I would say it was transformative in a sense that I now know a lot of places in which I can be doing a lot of good work within the field. And lastly, I would say that this experience has been very thought-provoking. Thank you all again for being here. It was great to hear your perspectives today. Thank you for tuning in to People, Places, Planet Pod, brought to you by the Environmental Law Institute. We would like to hear from you. So please send us your questions, comments, and ideas to podcast at ELI.org. And if you're interested in learning more about our work, attending one of our events, reading our publications, or becoming a member, please visit our website at www.eli.org.